You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I pray at this time that by the work, the power, the presence of your Holy Spirit, that what would go forth, what would remain with us uh, is Jesus, your Son, uh, the Word made flesh, and it is in his name that I pray. Amen. One of the things over the years I've had the um, good fortune um, to be a part of is I've officiated um, approximately about a bazillion weddings um, over the past um, however many years, and it's always, um, it's a gift, it's an honor, it's a delight to be invited into people's lives, and certainly um, at a moment um, such as that, uh, a significant moment um, where they come together in the context of the community of faith to make their uh, to make their vows uh, to make their vows before God, and uh, one in particular I am reminded of this morning, uh, and it was a, a young couple and an absolutely um, lovely young couple. They were um, they were incredibly bright. Uh, they were both in PhD programs at Notre Dame. I, I forget exactly what it was. It was something involving science and engineering, um, and it was not English. Um, and so it was something, uh, just uh, both of them, very bright and, and so clearly excited and in love and engaged in the whole process of premarital counseling and preparation. And it was at their wedding, and I was standing there, and they were exchanging their vows. And one of the things that I remember, it just struck me. Uh, And this isn't unique to them, um, but what struck me in that particular moment was they have no idea what they're doing. Um, I mean, they're in love, um, and they're honest, and they are committed, and they have absolutely no idea of the magnitude Um, of what it is that they are saying and the ways in which this will continue um, to impact and to change uh, and to shape their lives. Um, And as I say, not unique to them, to any of us um, who enter into the covenant uh, of marriage, but it struck me in that particular moment. And I share that because um, that is what is about to happen to Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus comes with uh, seeming sincerity. There is Uh, There is interest uh, and there is sincerity. He does, to some degree, uh, seem to keep Jesus uh, a little at arm's length. He comes to him at night um, rather than during the day, lest someone see him interacting with Jesus. And and yet, um, there is something about the nature and character of Jesus. There is something about his ministry that is invitatory to Nicodemus. Uh, He is compelled, he's drawn um, to come to Jesus, and as he does so, In light of the story which I just said, he has no idea what it is that he is entering into. John's gospel, and not only John's gospel, but one of the things that we see uh, throughout John's gospel is uh, a series of encounters and invitations. And in fact, at the very heart of John's gospel, John will say at the end, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, uh, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Uh, At the very thrust of everything John hopes to do um, is to introduce and to invite uh, the reader um, to interact and to consider Jesus, uh, who He is, uh, and what His life and His ministry mean to you and to me. And so Nicodemus comes um, to encounter Jesus, and as um, he does so, they begin with the pleasantries, 
But then Jesus um, will begin to teach, and Jesus will begin to say words which will shape him, uh, which will move him um, at the core, um, infinitely more than he imagined. And Jesus will say those words, truly, truly, I say to you. And for you and for me, when we hear those words biblically, uh, they are an invitation to you and to me to pay particular attention. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you prefer the King James, verily, verily, um, I say to you. It is a word to say, pay attention to that which follows. And of course, Jesus says those words, unless one is born again, he cannot see uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, And Nicodemus, though um, sincere in this encounter, he is uh, not surprisingly incredulous. Um, how, How can this begin to be? How can one who is old return into the mother's womb? Such is the absurdity, Nicodemus says, uh, of what you're offering. Uh, But this invitation um, to be born again, or also, you're probably familiar, it's uh, equally translated, to be born um, from above is not only something which is necessary, but it's also something um, which is possible as well. That imagery of birth, that imagery um, of new creation seemed uh, at first absurd to Nicodemus, and, it, and if we're honest, it can seem absurd to you and to me as well in our daily lives. We, we believe uh, in the importance of our being born from God, of being born again, uh, of having a, a life um, which begins in Him, and yet how often in your life, and it's uh, the same is true for me as, as well, that we think, you know, this is kind of the way it is. Um, This is the way it is, um, and it's best if I get on with it. Uh, It's best if I make the most of it. But what we see happening is there's something dramatically more true um, than that. There is a life which is to come, a new life. But may I say as well, what Jesus invites Nicodemus to, what Jesus invites you and me to, um, is, is yes, that new life, um, and it is fullness of life, life um, in all of its fullness. Um, But the process uh, of being born again um, is a rather uh, frightening one. Uh, And to be born uh, inevitably involves um, a certain amount of uncertainty and a certain amount of pain as well. Years ago, I remember a friend telling me, about the birth of their second child. Uh, Their first child had been especially large, um, 10 pounds, I think counts as large. Um, And so um, they decided um, at the counsel of their doctor that she was going to be induced a week early um, for the second round. Uh, And so this second round, uh, they went with um, expectation and hope, obviously, that this would be dramatically different um, than the first round. Uh, And so, you know, they the date was scheduled, and they got up, and they took showers, and they leisurely um, got their bags and got in the car and went to the hospital. And it was actually um, also, it was a brand new women's and children's wing, and things were going to be um, dramatically different um, and dramatically better um, the second time around. And uh, her doctor uh, arrived, she, uh, she broke her water, and then she went to drop her kids off at school and was going to come back again. This was going to be fantastic. Um, but then the next thing they noticed is that there suddenly seemed to be a sense of urgency um, in the room. Uh, and the nurses um, began to move um, with, um, uh, with alacrity. Uh, and so they began to ask, well, you know, um, the anesthesiologist has yet to arrive. 
uh, and I uh, haven't had the uh, epidural yet. And, and unfortunately, her nurse had to be the one to break the news to her. Um, he got lost. Um, he's new to town. Um, he's, not, he's not going to make it. Um, and the baby was on the way. Uh, and uh, things uh, increased um, quickly. And as my friend is recounting the story, he said, it was not exactly my finest moment because apparently at one point in this very swift but successful birth, um, his wife had him in a headlock. Um, and as he was in the headlock, she was saying something to the effect of, oh my God, I'm going to die. Um, and he said, um, the nurse had to come get him um, and sit him in a chair, give him a little, uh, you know, cloth um, to put on the back of his uh, neck. He said, just not, you know, not my greatest moment, um, he said. Um, and and in fairness to him, uh, I mean, um, you know, headlocks are bad enough, but when the one giving you the headlock is the one that, to whom you're betrothed and you love, and she's saying, oh my God, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, um, that can be a little... Um, unsettling. Uh, and such uh, it was for him. In fact, she said after the birth, she said, you know what, I might as well have been on the prairie, um, was, her, was her comment um, uh, after all of that. And, and yet, this wonderful um, new life, um, this beautiful baby um, came into the world, you know, you know the saying, behold, uh, a child is a blessing um, from the Lord. Uh, I suppose we could also say of our children of ourselves, behold, a child is a challenge from the Lord um, as well. So it's all of those things, but I, I, I share all that to say new life uh, and the way that new life um, comes into the world um, is, is, is beautiful uh, and it's glorious and, and it also um, shakes us. Uh, it shakes us um, to the core. Uh, and one of the things we see happening, interestingly, uh, is that Nicodemus here is shook. And the words which he says are, how can this be? How can this be? Interestingly, he'll appear two more times um, in the Gospel of John. And, uh, and there seems to be a, a continued interest uh, in Jesus, but, but John leaves it actually um, somewhat um, un uncertain um, what Nicodemus' ultimate uh, response is. But we see that he is shaken, and we are shaken as well as that gracious power of God comes into our lives to bring about that new life uh, and that new birth. Uh, it is not always uh, a straight line. Um, it is often circuitous, uh, and yet that power uh, comes upon us. And Jesus goes on to say the means by which we have the opportunity to be children of God the means by which you and I have the ability to have a new life given to us that cannot um, be taken away. And he refers back to the book of Numbers, and it's something that Nicodemus would have been entirely familiar with. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And if you remember, it is a time of, uh, of birth uh, a new birth for the people of Israel, um, but it is a circuitous time. It is a challenging time as they are wandering um, in the wilderness. And as they wander in the wilderness, they begin to complain, they begin to grumble, they begin to become impatient. Uh, and we hear that fiery serpents begin to bite the people and the people um, begin to die. That's the account in the book of Numbers, Numbers 21. And we hear that the people go to Moses and they say, not surprisingly, you need to do something about this. Um, you need to go uh, and talk to God uh, and you need to convince God to do something about it. 
And if you remember, it's a rather curious response. Uh, they are told to fashion a, a bronze serpent and place it upon a bronze pole. <laughs> that's the direction that's given to them. Uh, and it's to be placed in the middle of the people. And when the people were bitten and they would look uh, to the serpent, um, they would be healed. They would be uh, restored. Life um, would be given to them. Again, a, a curious account from the book of Numbers, and Jesus uh, applies that to Himself. And interestingly, we, uh, we have Nicodemus here in the beginning of this lesson, but then we'll see that Nicodemus fades. Nicodemus fades out of the picture, um, and the words begin to be addressed to you and to me. John begins to address the words um, to those who will read um, and who will hear this. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent, Jesus says, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And that is the means of the new life of God that comes into the world. That's the means of the new life of God that comes to you and to me. Through um, the pain uh, and through the suffering, life, fullness of life, everlasting life, life which comes from above, will be visited upon you and me. Uh, from the very nature and character of God, who we hear loves us. And he will say, he doesn't love us vaguely and generically, but specifically. God so loved the world that he gave, by means of a gift, his only begotten son, that all that believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And then those magnificent words which immediately follow, for the Son of Man came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. The very first recorded words uh, of Jesus in John's gospel are when two disciples from John um, come to him, and Jesus turns and looks at them, and he says, what are you seeking? And they're seeking, Nicodemus is seeking, you and I are, are seeking life, and we're seeking life in its fullness, and we're seeking love, and we're seeking purpose, and we chase after so many things uh, in order to hope to f secure that, um, and in securing that to feel ourselves secure. And we're given the one in whom uh, it is given to you and to me uh, by way of gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to you, that all that believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Because He came into the world not to condemn the world, a world that's so very full of condemnation, um, but that you and I might be people who are in fact saved. And as we hear that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do come into the world that we might receive new life, everlasting life, and the life to come, but also now. Draw us to you this day, most gracious God, that we might find and know in you uh, the life we long for. And we pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.